Time now for the news, presented by Boyd Furniture and Mattress Center in Wayne City, where you get everyday low prices on Serta, Ashley, Catnapper, and Benchcraft Furniture. It's time now for a look at the news. I'm Tony Collins reporting. The entire El Dorado Eagle boys basketball coaching staff has been fired following a special school board meeting in El Dorado Tuesday evening. At the meeting, school board officials terminated head coach Josh Bradley, JV coach Austin Bradley, varsity assistant coach John DuBois, varsity assistant TJ Zerline, and freshman coach Adam Nines. The termination came following an executive session at Tuesday's special meeting. Events from El Dorado's basketball game against Hamilton County led to the measure put in play by the school board. The El Dorado school board will release more on the situation in the coming days. It is currently unclear if any students have been disciplined for their action in the game. Meanwhile, last night's boys basketball game with Mount Carmel has been canceled. After the termination of the coaching staff, the board hired Rod Wallace to serve as an interim coach for the Eagles. The El Dorado Eagles compete in the Black Diamond East Conference with Fairfield, Edwards County, Hamilton County, Flora, and Carmi White County. The Illinois State Police have released information involving a two-vehicle crash on Illinois Highway 15 Saturday, According to the report, the accident happened around 1246. A 2007 Volkswagen Passat that was being driven by 18-year-old Quincy J. Riley of Monroe's, Illinois, was traveling northbound on County Highway 3 at the intersection of Illinois Highway 15 when the vehicle failed to stop at the stop sign and collided with a 2017 Ford Explorer operated by 37-year-old Tiffany Blankenship of Albion. Riley and a 16-year-old female passenger from Fairfield were airlifted to Regional Hospital with serious injuries. Tiffany Blankenship and a passenger in her vehicle, 34-year-old Kevin Blankenship of Albion, were transported to an area hospital with serious injuries. Fairfield police responded to a residence on Spring Street for a report of gunshot wound to the arm at 8.30 Monday. Officers are still investigating the circumstances of the shooting, but all indications are that this was an accidental shooting with the victim's own gun. No other injuries have been reported at this time. The Albion City Council held their monthly meeting for January last night at Albion City Hall. Mark Curtis was on hand for the meeting and presents the report. The Albion City Council met in regular session Monday night. Prior to the meeting, a hearing was held concerning an application for a community development block grant, which the money would be used for a new water line on Main Street and housing rehabilitation in the city limits. The total grant application amount, $1,251,000. The Greater Wabash Regional Planning Commission presented the information for that public hearing. Later in the meeting, the council approved that grant application. In regular business, the council approved the payment of $2,875 per month to the 911 dispatch service. The amount prior to the raise was $1,550 per month. The council agreed to continue with the Marshall Electric Company work to survey water lines entering homes in Albion. The total grant received was $40,000. However, that money has already been spent and an estimated $20,000 in additional costs to do the balance of that 1,500 water hookups was approved. It is hoped that the grant will pay another round of $40,000 
for the required survey work. The council approved the addition of Juneteenth holiday and even year election holiday for city workers. The council again discussed the city website and the cost of $3,795 annually. The council will ask the Greater Wabash Regional Planning Commission to investigate possible grants for the communication system. More talk about slowing down drivers on Elm Street. There was some discussion of a radar unit resembling a unit at the K-12 be installed as a deterrent. However, no action taken by the council. Reporting for the news leader from Edwards County, this is Mark Curtis. WFIW News continues in just a moment. This is Heidi Hodges bringing you the Daily Financial Market Report on behalf of financial advisor Andrew Diesel and Edward Jones. Tuesday, U.S. equities closed mixed. The Dow closed up 26 points at 37,715. The Nasdaq was down 245 points at 14,766. The S&P 500 was down 27 points at 4,743. And in the bond market, 10-year Treasury yields are trading at 3.94%. In stocks of local interest, Chevron closed up 32 cents to $149.48. Walmart was up $1.64 to $159.29. Duke Energy was up $0.77 to $97.81. Apple was down $6.89 to $185.64. John Deere was up $1.04 to $400.91. ConocoPhillips was up $1.52 to $117.59. Boeing was down $8.90 to $251.76. And ExxonMobil closed up $2.38 to $102.36. In commodity markets, the price of crude oil was down $1.23 to $70.42 and the spot price of gold was down $4.10 to $2,066.70. This has been today's Financial Market Report, brought to you on behalf of Edward Jones, member SIPC, and financial advisor Andrew Diesel, serving individual investors with personalized attention and financial advice from his office in Fairfield. If you would like additional information, you can contact us at 842 4212. Daily commentary is also located on our website at edwardjones.com. It takes a special type of person to inform and entertain, and that's what we do at TOC Direct Media. Inform and entertain. If you think you have what it takes, consider us for your next move. Log on to OriginalCompany.com and give us the reasons we should consider you for one of our openings. It might be just a side hustle for you. Log on to TheOriginalCompany.com, an equal opportunity employer. Part-time, full-time, or side hustle. WFIW News continues. The driver's license facility will be back in Edwards County January 3rd, 10 a.m. to 2, thanks to Senator Terry Bryan. Earlier this month, WFIW News reported the state was cutting back mobile driver's license facility operations to rural communities to twice a year. As of Wednesday, 
The ILSOSDL facility will continue to be in Edwards County Courthouse the first Wednesday of every month thereafter. The driver's license facility will continue to issue the real ID, license plate stickers, address changes, name changes, and license renewals. Officials say if numbers continue to decline, the facility will decrease to two times a year and possibly discontinue their satellite visits to Edwards County. Lafonte Mexican Restaurant will be hosting a Dine to Donate event Wednesday to benefit the Salvation Army's Red Kettle Campaign. Officials with WADI, Wabash Area Development, say that the funds donated will help with rental and utility assistance in Wayne County. A Red Kettle will be at the checkout for additional donations. Reduced rate lab testing with Fairfield Memorial Hospital's laboratory department will take place January 8th through January 27th. There'll be five convenient locations to choose from. Fairfield Memorial Hospital Laboratory, Horizon Healthcare Fairfield Medical Clinic, Horizon Healthcare Carmi Medical Clinic, Horizon Healthcare Cisney Medical Clinic, and FMH Albion Lab Draw Station of the Edwards County Health Department. To schedule an appointment for the reduced rate labs, call 618-847-0400. Tests offered at all locations include hemoglobin, A1C, lipid panel, PSA, thyroid function panel, general health profile, and vitamin D. Patients should not have food or drink after midnight, and payment is due at the time of service. Results of the test will be mailed directly to the patient's home. We have prices of each test available with this story at WFIWradio.com. On Saturday, January 6th, the Fairfield Lions Club will be collecting Christmas lights that no longer work. The collection site will be at the west side of the Cornerstone Community Church, located at Delaware and First Streets from 9 a.m. to noon. In addition to Christmas lights, the club will also be accepting donations of eyeglasses, hearing aids, empty ink cartridges, no laser printer cartridges, cell phones, soda tabs, and keys. These items will be recycled and the proceeds used to help fund Lions Club programs throughout the state. For over 40 years, Lions Clubs have helped raise funding for 13 programs and services that Lions of Illinois Foundation provides to communities throughout Illinois, which include assistance for the visually and hearing impaired. Any donations made, whether big or small, is greatly appreciated. For more information, contact David Savage at the Fairfield Lions Club at 618-516-1229. Are you wondering what to do with your traditional Christmas tree after the holidays? Well, you can donate it back to the earth by recycling your tree at the Clay County Health Department's 16th Annual Christmas Tree Collection. Traditional real Christmas trees can still serve a valuable purpose after the holiday season. Because they're biodegradable, these trees can be used for environmental applications, such as providing valuable habitats for fish in ponds and lakes, or being turned into compost or mulch for erosion control and soil stabilization. This year, any donated trees will be given to the Stephen A. Forbes State Park, where they'll be used in the lake to provide cover and nutrients for fish. Christmas trees may be dropped off at the west end of the Clay County Health Department anytime before January 8th at the Christmas tree collection sign and orange fencing. 
Officials remind you to remove any ornaments, decorations, and tinsel from your tree before dropping it off. These items are not biodegradable and will cause harm to wildlife. If you have any questions or would like additional information, you're asked to contact the Clay County Health Department at 618-662-4406. That's been a look at the news on WFIW. Reporting for the Illinois Radio Network, I'm Andrew Hensel. The city of Rockford saw over 350 migrants arrive on New Year's Eve, leading some to call on state officials to get the issue under control. Those who arrived in Rockford were quickly ushered onto buses and sent to Chicago for shelter and services, as Rockford was given little notice about the arrivals. State Senator Andrew Chesney says police did the right thing in getting these arrivals out of Rockford great when it's academic and, and, and when it's theory, but when you actually apply it in communities, it's terribly unpopular and not surprisingly so. The state has seen over 25,000 migrants arrive over the last 15 months, which Chesney says is due in part to failed policies. You're seeing the consequence of an open border policy on the federal level and that policy is being endorsed by extreme Democrats and J.B. Pritzker. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has sent more than 80,000 asylum seekers to Democratic cities with sanctuary policies like Chicago and New York over the past year. The final numbers for Illinois' gun ban registry leading up to the January 1st deadline are in. One high-profile politician says he's not among them. Greg Bishop reports. The final numbers from Illinois State Police show a total of 29,300 individuals disclosed. They possess a now-banned item. That's 1.2% of the state's 2.4 million firearm owners' ID card holders. Former State Senator Darren Bailey posted a video to social media New Year's Day showing him shooting several banned guns and saying he'll die on his porch before he gives them up. Tuesday said his message is clear. This is an issue that uh, we have an opportunity to stand and, and save this republic. Respond on X, Democratic State Senator Robert Peters said what Bailey's doing might be a detainable offense. Bailey said the gun ban is creating fear, panic, and complicity. And, and they just lead to one thing after another until our freedoms are gone. And I'm Greg Bishop. TOC Direct Media is looking for the 2024 Farm Family of the Year. Presented by Davies Community Hospital. The family farm is not a job, but a way of life. They live where they work, and they work where they live. TOC Direct Media is looking to honor one deserving farm family in our area, and we need your help. Nominate a farm family today, and tell us why they deserve to be named the TOC Farm Family of the Year. Presented by Davies Community Hospital. Go to our website to nominate a farm family today. Local and area obituaries on WFIW presented by Nails Funeral Home, locally owned and operated with locations in Fairfield and Albion. Nails Funeral Home, providing professionalism and care in your family's time of need. 80-year-old Robert Bob Leathers Jr. passed away Saturday, December 30th at his home. Bob was born August 11, 1943 in Durham, North Carolina to Robert and Lena Leathers. Bob married Betty Holan on September 16, 1962, and the two shared 61 years together. He survived by his wife Betty, four grandchildren, Shaylee and her husband William Gage, Tyler Leathers, Jason Leathers, and Dakota Leathers, and four great-grandchildren, Lexus, Mariah, Traylon, and Braden. 
He was preceded in death by his parents, two children, Tommy Hoffman and Terry Leathers, and a grandson, Matthew Hoffman. Visitation will be held from 4 to 7 p.m. January 5th at Kruger Funeral Home, 10 East William Street in Danville. A secondary visitation will be from 10 to 11 a.m. on Monday, January 8th at Grayville First Christian Church, 118 North Court Street in Grayville. Services will follow promptly at 11 a.m. with graveside services to follow at Oak Grove Cemetery. Cook Funeral Chapel in Grayville is in charge of local arrangements. Stephen R. Garrett, 65, of Carmine, passed away Monday, January 1, 2024, at the Linda White Hospice House in Evansville, Indiana. He was born June 28, 1958, in Carmine, Illinois, the son of Carl and Mary Elos Garrett. Steve married Carolyn Carpenter on September 20, 1980, and she survives. In addition to his wife, Carolyn Garrett of Carmi, Illinois, Steve is survived by his son Adam and his wife Laura Garrett of Glen Carbon, Illinois, a grandson Lincoln Garrett, two siblings Donald and his wife Dorothy Garrett of Carmi, Illinois, and Carol and her husband Joe Skaggs of Norris City, Illinois, several nieces and nephews, and lifetime friend Connie Simons. He is preceded in death by his parents and nephew Dane Garrett. Funeral services for Steve Garrett will be held at noon on Saturday, January 6th at the First Christian Church in Carmi with burial at the White County Memorial Garden in Carmi. Family and friends may visit from 10 a.m. until service time Saturday, January 6th at the First Christian Church in Carmi. Campbell Funeral Home of Carmi is assisting the family with arrangements. Diana K. Russell, age 78, of Louisville, Illinois, passed away early Saturday morning, December 30th, at St. Anthony's Memorial Hospital in Effingham. She was born February 25, 1945, in Shumway, the daughter of Robert and Agnes Fedhike. She is survived by her children, Daniel Gruel and his wife, Amy, of Strasburg, Jenny Gruel and her husband, Roger, of Browns, Matthew Gruel and his wife, Jennifer, of Windsor, Amy Nevels and her husband George of Shakopee, Minnesota, Jennifer Myers and her husband John of Holland, Florida, and Jill Turner and her husband Rodney of Owensville, Missouri. Sixteen grandchildren survive, one great-grandchildren, also siblings Steve R. Fedhike of Watson, Marilyn E. Fedhike and her husband Wayne of Zena, Rosalie Wider and her husband Paul of Clay City, Max Feldhike of Louisville, Roy Feldhike and his wife Vicki of Louisville, Linda Feldhike of Chrisman, Jane Feldhike of Louisville, Kathy Price and her husband Jerry of Reinard, and Pat Greenwood and her husband Tom of Zena. A sister-in-law also survives, Betty Feldhike of Louisville. She was preceded in death by her parents, a brother, Robert J. Feldhike, and a sister-in-law, Susan Feldhike. A memorial mass will be held at 10 a.m. March 16, 2024, at the St. Stephen Catholic Church with interment following in the St. Stephen Cemetery. A rosary service will begin at 9.30 a.m. Arrangements are being conducted by the Frankenbright Funeral Home in Flora. Paul Frazier, 75, of Wayne City, passed away at 2.44 p.m. January 1st at his home. 
Paul was born January 6, 1948 in McLeansboro, Illinois to Emery and May Rosalie Scott Frazier. On April 25, 1986, he married the love of his life, Tammy K. Wilhite Frazier. Survivors include his wife, Tammy Frazier, and son, Austin Frazier, both of Wayne City, and three sisters, Mary and her husband, Joe Pearson of McLeansboro, Illinois, Barbara and her husband, Perry Odell of Mount Vernon, Illinois, and Debbie and her husband, Les Vaughn of Dale Green, Illinois, along with several brothers-in-law, sisters-in-law, nieces, and nephews. He was preceded in death by his parents and an infant brother, Harold Frazier. Funeral services for Paul Frazier will be held at 10 a.m. January 5th at the Wayne City Christian Church. Burial will follow in Baltimore Cemetery with full military rights provided by the Anthony Wayne Post 176 American Legion and Wayne County Post 4535 VFW. Visitation will be from 5 to 7 p.m. Thursday, January 4th at the church. Johnson and Vaughn Funeral Home of Fairfield is assisting the family with arrangements. 76-year-old Betty Walker of Enfield passed away January 1st. She was born July 19, 1947 in Tyronza, Arkansas, the daughter of J.B. and Estelle Hall. Betty married Philip Edward Walker January 16, 1966, and he survives. In addition to her husband, Philip Walker of Enfield, Illinois, Betty is survived by her children, Phil and his wife, Paula Walker, Jr. of McLeansboro, Illinois, and Jim and his wife, Sarah Walker of Omaha, Illinois, one grandchild, Katie, and her husband, Christopher Peters of McLeansboro, Illinois, one great-grandchild, Jackson Paul Peters, siblings, Ruby Crawford of Jonesboro, Arkansas, and Donna Hall of Naples, Florida. She is preceded in death by her parents and siblings, Jim Hall, David Hall, Richard Hall, and Mary Dormer. Funeral services for Betty Walker will be held Saturday, January 6th at 11 a.m. at the Standenbeck Funeral Home in Enfield. Family and friends may visit from 4 to 7 p.m. on Friday, January 5th at Standenbeck Funeral Home in Enfield. Patrick Jason Vaughn Sr., 53, of Brandon, Florida, passed away at 6.11 p.m. Friday, December 29th, at his mother's home in Fairfield. Patrick was born August 8, 1970, in Joliet, Illinois, to Fred and Patsy Vaughn. Patrick is survived by his daughter, Samantha, and her husband, Anthony Richardson, of Brandon, Florida. Grandchildren, Riker and Lily Richardson, Brothers Fred and his wife Jamie Vaughn Jr. of Fairfield and, Ke and Kevin and his husband Deborah Vaughn of Chatsworth, Illinois. Sisters Terry Vaughn of Joliet, Illinois and Julie and her husband Daniel Berg of Rutledge, Tennessee. Numerous nieces and nephews also survive. Patrick was preceded in death by his parents and a son, Patrick Vaughn Jr., Patrick's body will be cremated and a memorial table will be set up during his mother's funeral service at 11 this morning at, J at Johnson and Vaughn Funeral Home in Fairfield. 80-year-old Fairfield resident Eldon Ewing passed away Sunday, December 31st at the Linda E. White Hospice House in Evansville, Indiana. Eldon was born March 28, 1943 in Fairfield to Lawrence and Faye Ewing. He married Nancy Weber on April 6, 2004 in Henderson, Kentucky. 
Survivors include his wife, Nancy, of Fairfield, two sons, Stephen and his wife, Lisa Ewing of Virginia, and Scott and his wife, Karen Ewing of Heron, Illinois. Two daughters also survive, Tanya and her husband, Jason Cooper of Fairfield, and Misty Crump of Fairfield. 11 grandchildren and 11 great-grandchildren, brothers George and his wife, Sandy Ewing of Port Charlotte, Florida, and Alan and his wife, LaDonna Ewing of Fairfield, along with numerous nieces and nephews. Eldon was preceded in death by his parents and a son, Tim Sheridan, five siblings, Clarence Ewing, Doris Locke, Donald Ewing, Gerald Jerry Ewing, and Ruth McGill. Funeral services for Eldon Ewing will be held at 11 a.m. January 5th at Nails Funeral Home in Fairfield with burial to follow at Maple Hill Cemetery with full military rites conducted by the American Legion Post 176 and Wayne Memorial Post 4535 VFW. Visitation will be from 5 to 7 Thursday evening at Nails Funeral Home. The family requests casual dress. 71-year-old Dennis Major of Flora, Illinois, passed away Saturday evening, December 30th at his home. A funeral ceremony will be held beginning at 1 p.m. Sunday, January 7th at Frankenbride Funeral Home in Flora. Interment will follow in the Elmwood Cemetery, Flora, with a presentation of military funeral honors. Visitation will be held from 6 to 8 p.m. Saturday evening at the funeral home. Larry D. Gill, age 78, of Flora, Illinois, passed away peacefully Friday morning, December 29th at his home. A funeral ceremony will be held beginning at 11 a.m. January 4th at Frankenbride Funeral Home in Flora. Interment will follow in Elmwood Cemetery, Flora, with a presentation of military funeral honors. Visitation will be 10 until 11 Thursday at the funeral home. Mary Lou Krutzinger, age 94, of Zena, Illinois, passed away Saturday evening, December 30th, at Carl Richland Memorial Hospital in Olney. A funeral ceremony will be held at noon at Frankenbride Funeral Home in Flora. Interment will follow in the Osalosa Cemetery. A visitation will be 10 a.m. until service time at the funeral home. Loris Imogene Scott Rocket, born April 11, 1935, in Springerton, Illinois, passed away December 24th in Elmhurst, Illinois. A visitation will be held from 4 to 7 p.m. Thursday at the Stenbeck Funeral Home, 119 West Main Street in Enfield, Illinois. Funeral services at 11 a.m. January 5th at Springerton Church of Jesus Christ, 113 Akuma Street, Springerton, Illinois, with burial in Springerton Cemetery. 92-year-old Charles R. Waters of Albion passed away from his life at 9.08 a.m. on Thursday, December 26th at the Wabash Senior Living and Rehabilitation in Carmi, Illinois, Funeral services for Charles Waters will be held at 11 a.m. Thursday, January 4th at the Little Prairie Christian Church in Albion with burial to follow in Bethel Cemetery with full military rides. Visitation will be 5 to 8 on Wednesday, January 3rd at the Little Prairie Christian Church and the family has requested casual dress for the service. Johnson and Vaughn Funeral Home of Fairfield is in charge of the arrangements. 
Patsy Vaughn, 81, of Fairfield, passed away at 145 Sunday, December 24th at Deaconess Midtown Hospital in Evansville, Indiana. Funeral services will be at 11 a.m. today at Johnson and Vaughn Funeral Home with burial in Maple Hill Cemetery. 55-year-old Toby Maxim of Fairfield passed away at 2.30 Saturday, December 16th at his home. Toby will be cremated and a celebration of life will be held at 10 a.m. today at Northside Baptist Church in Fairfield. Burial of ashes will follow in the Burnt Prairie Cemetery with military rites conducted and provided by Anthony Wayne Post 176 American Legion and the Wayne County Post 4535 VFW. Johnson and Vaughn Funeral Home is in charge of the arrangements. Carolyn Sue Dowen, 81, of Wayne City, Illinois, passed away December 14th at Ascension St. Vincent Hospital in Evansville, Indiana. A celebration of life service for Carolyn Sue Dowen will be held at 2 p.m. Sunday, January 7th at Olive Branch Missionary Baptist Church south of Wayne City. Visitation will be held at 1 p.m. until service time at 2 on Sunday at the church. Young Funeral Home in Wayne City is in charge of arrangements. Full obituaries, including survivors, can be found at WFIWradio.com. 104.9 WFIW has teamed up with Bob's Pizza of Albion to bring back the WFIW Birthday and Anniversary Club. Weekday mornings around 6.40, we will announce birthdays and anniversaries on the air and we'll draw for a winner daily plus a weekly prize on Fridays. Enter the WFIW Birthday and Anniversary Club online at WFIWradio.com or send a card in the mail to P.O. Box 310, Fairfield, Illinois 62837. Order Bob's Pizza online at Bob'sPizza.net. It's time now for sports on WFIW. The Fairfield Mules picked up a 51-34 road win at Edwards County in the Highway 15 rivalry game. The Lions were playing with the Mules in the first quarter until late in the quarter, and then Fairfield pulled out to a 14-point lead at halftime. The lead stayed up for the second half of the game. Lane Tucker led the Mules in scoring with 22 points and grabbed seven rebounds in the effort. Landon Harrelson added 14 points for Edwards County. Cash Connor led the Lions in scoring with 13 points. Fairfield won the JV contest 48-24 and lost in the freshman contest 45-42. The Mules are off until Friday when they host Lawrenceville. In other boys' basketball action from Tuesday, Mount Vernon defeated Salem 52-46. Weber down Woodlawn 55-38. The number eight Illinois Fighting Illini embarrassed the Northwestern Wildcats 96-66 at the State Farm Center yesterday. The Illini had a 17-point lead at halftime and outscored the Wildcats by 13 the rest of the way. Marcus DeMosk poured in 32 points in the victory. The Illini improved to 11-2 overall, 2-0 in the Big Ten. They visit number one Purdue on Friday night. With the loss, the Wildcats fall to 10-3 overall, 1-1 in conference play. Northwestern welcomes Michigan State on Sunday. In the NBA, the Bulls had to settle with a home-and-home -home split against the 76ers. Following a 110-97 loss at Wells Fargo Center last night, the Bulls never led in the game, and they trail by as many as 31 points in the final frame. 
before rallying back in garbage time to make the score look prettier. DeMar DeRozan paced Chicago with 16 points in the losing effort. The Bulls are still in 10th place in the Eastern Conference at 15-20. and 20. Chicago visits New York tonight. The Bulls could be getting Zach Levine back in the near future. Chicago head coach Billy Donovan said yesterday the guard could return from a sore right foot within the next week. Levine has been sidelined since November 28th after dealing with the right foot inflammation. The 28-year-old played 25 minutes in a loss to the Boston Celtics and has yet to return from the injury. Levine is averaging 21 points per game this season. And finally, one member of the Pacers is being recognized for his recent performance. The NBA announced Tuesday that Pacers guard Teresa Halliburton was named Eastern Conference Player of the Week for games played from December 25th to the 31st. Halliburton averaged 25.3 points, 4.7 rebounds, and 17.7 assists across three wins for Indiana. The Pacers are second in the Central Division at 18-14 and, and will host the Milwaukee Bucks tonight at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. That's been a look at sports on WFIW. I'm Tony Collins reporting.